Welcome into Cinepass in Focus here on SENZ. A bit of a different show today. Uh, both myself and Storm are from home as uh, Auckland's uh, wet weather has come back, unfortunately. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, I hope uh, everyone is safe uh, and in bed, wrapped up, watching a movie. The kettle's gone. you got the cup of there staying warm, but... Gee whiz, uh, let's not take away from the action. Round 10 in the ANZ Premiership. Uh, all on, as always. Just let you know what we've got coming up on the show. Uh, Storm's performance slash team of the week. Always a, a good little rip into for us here. Uh, caught up with Gina Crampton, uh, actually. So you'll be hearing that. Uh, talk to her about the star season so far. Obviously, their impressive win over the tactics to uh, shut the regular season series out 2-1. to one. And obviously, World Cup year. Uh, you can't go a game in the Premiership without hearing about it. So I talked to her and... Uh, even got her favourite roommate off her, Stormy. So very excited to rip into all of that plus more. But first of all, Storm, welcome into the show. Uh, feel bad saying Storm this many times with the weather that we're having. But first of all, are you warm and dry? Yeah, I'm fine. We kind of got told to leave uh, Sky Sport earlier in the day. So I got in my car and sat in traffic for about an hour and 45 minutes oh. while everyone else was trying to do the same thing. Uh, I got over the bridge, so we're fine, and I'm in my room ready to talk some netty cares. Thank and, you for checking in. And just for you uh, out there that don't uh, live in Auckland, an hour and a half to get home, that was before uh, the traffic started. That's just normal Auckland traffic. No, I'm joking. It's, it's, it's been an absolute <laughs> shocker. But glad you're safe, Storm, and I'm, I'm glad that we get a, to still get to talk some netty because round 10, gee whiz, it was, uh, was full on, wasn't it? It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, four games, which which we love in the ANZ Premiership. Um, some interestingly close games that, you know, some people may not have been picking. And um, some games where teams really stepped up and we're in the business part of the season now. So you're kind of starting to see that cream just rise to the top a little bit, I think. Yes, yes. Hey, let's kick it off uh, with Saturday's matchup of the Northern Mystics versus the Northern Steel. Uh, Steel still haven't been able to get uh, their, their first win of this ANZ Premiership campaign. Uh, we spoke to Sulu Fitzpatrick last week, Storm. It's, it was obviously her 150th uh, national game. Not to forget, there's a whole lot of celebrations that we've got to go through later on today but the first one uh, Sulu Fitzpatrick the Mystics captain getting her 150th uh, National League game stepping in uh, Storm were you impressed uh, with with Sulu obviously she's been away for a few weeks came back last week settled in and then obviously uh, coming back playing at home the Trust Arena coming up against the Steel what did you make of that game? Oh, well, I firstly loved that she got to celebrate that at home, seeing all her family and, and, you know, so much of the wider netball community there celebrating with her was pretty cool. Loved the T-shirts. And it was good to see her. I think, what, she played three quarters in the end, just about. Um, I have always loved her combination with Phoenix Karaka. I think they're both players that are smart. They play the pulley system on defense really well. And it was nice to see that out there again. I'm not going to lie, though. I, I came away from that match being more impressed with the steel attack end than I was expecting to. I thought they really stepped it up. And while, you know, Sulu and Fee got ball when they needed to, particularly in that first quarter, um, and did well to keep the steel away, uh, they didn't really get that many intercepts compared to what the steel got you know mm. we were all talking about Savia Tui by the end of that match the goal shoot for the steel um so you know I don't want to be too harsh because they got the job done but I know by Sulu's high standards uh probably won't be as happy with their defensive unit as she would have liked to be given that you know the steel are the bottom of the table 
chasing their first win and her direct opponent Savia Tui walked away with the MVP for the match. So yeah, more to come from Sulu and Fee, I'm sure. So I'm so glad that you mentioned uh, Savia Tui there. Uh, just how impressed have you been with her over these last few rounds? I mean, obviously, uh, coming into the steel two seasons ago from the Mystics, funnily enough, uh, struggling with injury, obviously the, the obvious on everyone's tongue, George Fisher being out for the steel. How impressed have you been with Savia Tui stepping into that role? Oh, it's just such a shame she hadn't had the entire season to get where she is now mm. because had she been there from round one playing week in and week out, I have no doubt that the Steel may have had a win or two by now. Um, but, of course, that just wasn't to be with, as you say, coming back from injury. But, man, oh, man, the, you know, you're right. The last two rounds in particular, I just can't take my eyes off her, mostly because she's always smiling, which the is smiling very smiling assassin. The smiling assassin, but also like I wouldn't want to cross her and I wouldn't want to go up in the air <laughs> one-on-one with her because she is strong and she was snatching in some incredible feeds, putting them up from anywhere, um, you know, sent her opponents to the ground a couple of times just by competing with them in the air. So she's an athlete for sure and someone to watch out for. And, you know, her numbers put up 41 goals over the Mystics, which is pretty incredible for, you know, a smaller goal shoot and a team that – hasn't kind of been anywhere near those numbers all season. So, yeah, world watch out for Saviour Tui, someone to keep an eye on. Hey, sticking on the topic of goal shoot, I mean, we talk about them every week. Uh, the combination between Peter Toyava and Grace Wecky, I mean, it's one of those ones you just can't seem to fault. And, and I think the closest we're seeing is a, is a Gina and Maya. But just uh, how crucial is that combination of Grace and Peter uh, for the Mystics moving forward? Look, I think it was really on show for this round one, uh, sorry, the first match of the round uh, on Saturday because obviously no Taylor Earl for the Mystics in that match and the numbers don't lie. You know, Petter knew that she was going to have to step up in terms of dominating the feeds, letting the ball go early, bringing Grace into the game from the get-go because we know Grace and Taylor Earl have a great connection as well anyway. Um, so I was really impressed with the way Pets stood up. Uh, for that entire match and you know 48 feeds in the match is, is unbelievable and if you go back and can watch some highlights I, I encourage you to do so because yeah Pets was not afraid to let that ball go from the second she got it you know just turning instantly letting it go um, can be pretty demoralizing as a defender I've, I've been on the receiving end of some of those balls before and they've gone you know straight past my head or um, yeah they don't make you feel so good so it was a joy to watch actually once they finally you know got got their groove on there um, against the steel mm, still sitting at uh, top of the table as we do only have uh, two more rounds to go 11 12 before we head into the elimination final uh, so I'm just getting really close uh, wondering the question for me now is is whether the mystics go straight through to the grand final or settle for an elimination final spot so it's going to be very exciting let's just stick on uh, on on table talk for a second and, and the the people chasing them uh, right on their tail is the central pulse and uh, looking at Sunday's game at Globox Arena, they took on the Magic uh, away from home. Uh, it was a one-point win for the Pulse. It was definitely a hold-your-breath kind of action. Uh, slow slow start, uh, Storm, I'd say, and you can happily disagree with me from the Magic. But my word, that second half, something came out. They switched gears. What do you think it was? 
Kez, I'm so sorry. I just got a phone call coming in which muted you. So I denied the phone call, but I missed the last sort of 15 seconds, 10 seconds of what you said. That's so all right. bring it at me again. That's all right. That's all right. I just asked Storm and I said, to me, it felt like a bit of a slow uh, first two quarters for the Magic. I thought the Pulse were just going to be able to slip away. But uh, that second half, they managed to win uh, both the third and the fourth quarter. What do you think that came down to for the Magic? Gosh, what a comeback, right? I, I really thought the Magic were going to win that one, and they needed to win it if they were to stay in the hunt um, of the ANZ Premiership playoffs. So I think they either got some sort of telling off at halftime uh, when they were down by what they were uh, heading into the second half. We know MJ Araror demands a lot of respect, and she's um, you know a scary lady herself, I, I bet. Uh, and I thought they just they, they 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 came out firing. I was really impressed with the um, midcourt of the Magic, as we kind of have been uh, in the later half of the season. I think Georgia Edgecombe in at centre has been a bit of a revolution, and I know they made some changes throughout that midcourt in the second half of the match. Um, Georgia Takarangi, we talk about her a lot. Just doesn't give up, had a go at everything. And, you know, she sent her body flying quite a bit and sent Amelia Wormsley flying a few times as well. So I think, you know, it's a shame that they didn't quite get there. Um, I think we saw the experience of the pulse in the end. I think, was it Kelly Jerry again, just getting those turnovers when she needed to, to help her team get the win. And they're not the winningest team in the ANZ Premiership for nothing. So, yeah, that they did their job well to, to close it off. Uh, but, yeah, I think we've got Mystics Pulse this weekend in round 11. That's going to be a great, great matchup, Kez. Yeah, so there it is. That's going to be the decider uh, for me, uh, whether to who goes through to the grand final and who settles for that elimination spot. So I'm just sticking on the magic for another second. I, I know that they are now out of contention of, of making a push for that elimination final, but how impressed are you uh, of the shooting circle between Bailey Mears and Amelia Randi Canasio? Uh, first of all, just the, the uh, versatility, I guess, of both of them, being able to play uh, both uh, shooting positions. And also, Amelia Randi Canasio putting up 25 shots, Bailey Mez putting up 30. Uh, what do you make of those two uh, sharing the workload in that circle and, and how well has that affected their season? Yeah, I think it, it makes them a really hard team to defend. And I think I've said that on the show before, when you've got two capable shooters like that who are sharing the load, quite often so much of your defensive game plan is centred around who's the key shooter and who do you want to uh, shut down and put pressure on the other one to perform and, and, you know, get them cracking under that pressure. And with the magic, you can't really do that because they're both sharing it. They're both looking after each other. They play the shooter to shooter ball so well. They interchange not only positionally, because we've seen, you know, both of them play either gar or goal shoot, but they do it anyway naturally as the ball's coming down the court. So you can find yourself sort of spinning around a bit as a defender. I think they kind of let themselves down the last couple of games in terms of just a couple of soft turnovers. Um, I think, you know, with both that match against the Steel, I think a couple of times towards the end of that third quarter, maybe Bailey Mears had a few fumbles, but I think the switch again from Mary Jane Araror to bring Mills back into goal shoot and Bailey into goal attack at the end of that match really helped them get over the line. But that game against the Pulse, I mean, Bays had seven turnovers and, you know, that's really high for a goal shoot when your job is just to kind of receive the ball and, and get it in the hoop. Uh, but in saying that, that's, you know, pretty harsh uh, critique because throughout the entire season, I have actually been really, really impressed with their combination. And I cannot wait to see what Dame Nolan Todua is thinking in that space as well, because is it worth putting Bailey on that plane, who I'm not sure many people would have picked uh, at the beginning of the season? 
Radio Storm, we are going to take a break here uh, and crack on into Sunday and Monday's game. You were listening to Centre Pass and Focus here on ECNZ. We'll catch you in a minute. Welcome back into Centre Pass. Took a little break there to regroup, refocus. Uh, Storm, we're moving on to Sunday's game now. The Trident Homes Tactics went up against the uh, Robin Hood Stars in Christchurch. Now, the third quarter is where it slipped away from me uh, there for the Tactics. Uh, the Stars managing to creep away 57-50. Uh, what did you make of that game? Well, I mean, at half time, yeah, that, that buzzer beater from Tapia Selby Rickett right on the edge of the circle to close out the half and have it all level up. Level up sorry. It's closer to halfway than she was to the goal, wasn't she? Oh, it was incredible. It was an incredible shot. And I would have hoped that that would have sent the tactics into the sheds buzzing. And, you know, we talked about it being a must-win game for both sides, trying to stamp their mark into that top three. Uh, and being at home for the tactics, you know, a couple of milestones to celebrate. I was pretty disappointed with how they came out of the sheds and how they played in that second half. Um, it was the third quarter that they lost by five, and that's really where the damage was done. And I can't really put my finger on it because I feel like it was the entire attacking end just kind of capitulated a little bit. I think they just they have this thing where if things aren't going their way, they kind of drop their heads and they don't, you know, reset it or try and find um, an, e- an easy way out, I guess, or go back to a structure that they know works for them. Um, and it just felt that, yeah, the stars came out hungrier and they were just playing better. You know, Amorangi Malisala, again, she kind of looked at Tapaya and said, yeah, okay, I might not be right on the edge of the circle, but I'm going to turn and shoot as well and, and you know, get my team up. Ellie Timu came away with eight gains in that game, so she was all over both Aaliyah Dunn and Tapaya Sabi Rickett. So, yeah, pretty disappointed for the tactics in their second half um, performance because at halftime I was thinking, yeah, they're up for this, and I honestly felt like the tactics were going to win it so in the offseason I don't know what they're going to do they're not out of it yet might I add they do still have a chance to make that top three Uh, so not even in the offseason over the next couple of days they're going to have to do some soul searching and really figure out how much they want this and who needs to step up to get them there and it is to be honest, obviously the attacking end we're talking about because the defensive end are playing incredibly well week in and week out. Yeah, look, in a sort of reflective state of mind, this is three losses in a row for the tactics. Um, Where do you think it's sort of going wrong? Because for me, as a stats person, just looking at the stats, I can look at Kimi Urapoi and Laura Malcolm, 22 and 34 feeds, and then you cross over to the stars and you've got Mila and Gina putting up 83 feeds combined. Do you think it's an issue, a mid-court issue for the tactics and letting the ball go, or, or is it a, a, a matter of, of them not getting the right shots? Where do you think it falls for the tactics? I actually, I've thought about this a bit, Kez, because I think it's easy to put the blame on the shooters um, if, if the feeders aren't able to get the ball in and if the numbers haven't been you know as high as um, people have seen across the competition. But... For me, it's actually too hard just to pinpoint it down to one. I think some weeks or in some mm. instances, it's the midcourt. It's it's Poy and Malcolm not letting the ball go into the right space or being too hesitant. But then in other instances, it's Dunn and Selby Rickett not providing the right option or not sort of demanding what they want from their feeders. And it's just a real lack of cohesion in that entire attacking end for me. Um, I think they've all been, unfortunately, guilty of really soft turnovers, like just nonchalant little passes and whether that's the person who's passing the ball or whether it's the person actually taking an extra step into receiving the ball I don't know I just I guess there's been too many of those little errors and then not 
having maybe the leadership down there or the you know the right person to say okay that's not good enough I'm going to work harder the next ball to make this one better instead it kind of feels like they just have collectively dropped their heads in those little moments and I know you know Kimi Otapoi is a fantastic captain I'm not I don't want to um, critique her captaincy too much here but she is learning a new position this year she's openly admitted that she prefers centre um, so I don't know whether that's just having a bit of an effect on her and whether it's just taken Aaliyah done a bit longer than we all expected to slot into that tactics attacking end, because I think you'd agree with me, when they're on fire, uh, Selby, Rickett and Dunn are incredible to watch, the way they interplay with each other and, and get rid of those uh, shooter-to-shooter feeds and whatnot. But it's just been the consistency and ability to kind of uh, stick through it when times are tough, I think, has been the major letdown for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. I've I've always been a big fan of Seda. If it's not uh, Tapia Selby Rickett, it's Siana Matura who's who's uh, the most confident, the best with that shooter to shooter pass. It's going to be really interesting to see how they go against the Magic, uh, who we are going to be talking about next as well as we cross down to Monday's game uh, last night. The Magic and the Steel. Storm, I was texting you at halftime saying, "Is this <laughs> the one? Is this the one?" It was. Uh, 52-45 in the end, but the fourth quarter for me really tells the story. Uh, the the Magic managing to creep away in that fourth quarter, winning at 16-8. to eight. Storm, I mean, I guess we can just say that the Steel just, just don't know how to win, but it really looked like they could uh, in that first half, and especially going into the third. Where do you think the Steel lost that game? I actually think you text me with like, I don't know, 10 minutes to go in the fourth because it was uh, pretty even after the third two. The Steel won that quarter by one. Uh, and it was kind of going, you know, back and forth for a while. There, The Steel were up by a couple at the beginning of that fourth quarter. And you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Kez, by saying they don't know how to win. And that's unfortunately just kind of the cold, hard truth of it because, A, they haven't had one all season. B, they don't have the players out there that they've had in the past. You know, the Steel is a proud franchise that have done plenty of winning in the past, but a whole lot of those players haven't been around for those wins. Um, I'm just looking at the lineup at the moment. You know, Renee Savainea playing in at wing attack. Georgia Heffernan is incredibly new. Xavier Tui's been on the bench behind George Fisher in previous seasons. You know, then you've got Sam Winders down there. Kate Burley's fairly new to the side, obviously, there last year. And then, you know, names on the bench that unless you follow your netball really closely, you probably wouldn't have, wouldn't recognise. And so they're always up against it in those situations. And when, you know, they probably could taste the win. I think it was great that Tuhungere Osabi Rickett stayed out there for as long as she did because I think she played a massive part in just keeping the team grounded in that moment. But unfortunately, as is the case, or has, as has been the case the last couple of rounds, just some... Uh, I don't want to say the word soft turnovers again. That just sounds pretty um, undescriptive. (laughs) But it's all it's really come down to, just throwing a silly pass in a moment that is critical and then not being able to get the ball back. And that's how you lose games, you know, like teams who know how to win understand, you know, ball possession and doing what they need to do to score the goal. And I just don't think the Steel know how to do that. And, you know, the the taste of the win must be so overpowering that it just does silly things to them and unfortunately they just couldn't quite get there but we i know we were texting each other like oh my god is this gonna be it i just <laughs> I um the whole of new zealand might have been the same i just read through that text and i text you saying this is the week they're gonna do it uh let, let's go steal and then i text you four minutes later storm saying uh wtf have i done 
So uh, I think I think we know where it slipped away there for the steel. But hey, look, the steel yep. uh, next next Monday actually uh, in in round eleven take on the stars, and then round twelve to close out their campaign go up against the Magic again. Uh, if you're looking at those two games, we know what kind of form uh, both of these teams, the stars and the Magic, are in. Do you think that the steel can potentially pick up a win before the season ends? Honestly, I really think on their day they could beat either of those sides, especially because both those matches are in in Invercargill. I guess I'd pick out the Magic one more because it is the last game of the season. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the Magic are further down in the table. They've got close to them in previous occasions, most recently, just last night. So I would definitely be targeting that game. And I know the Invercargill crowd, knowing that it's the last chance they're going to see them on the court for 2023, will be out there in their numbers, screaming. It's an intimidating place to play if you're not playing for the Steel. So I'm not, I know I said on the show before that I don't think the Steel will get a win this season. I'm praying and hoping that maybe on, you know, the 21st of May, put it in your calendars, that could be their chance. Now, so I know you've told me numerous occasions that you would not like to be a coach in the ANZ Premiership, but just put your coach's hat on for a second and put yourself in, in Raina Bloxham's shoes. What are the positives that you're taking away from this campaign? Well, I think we spoke to her on the show earlier in the season and she was happy with the fact that the team kept going we keep wanting you know keep wanting to learn they wouldn't drop their heads in certain situations I don't know if she could probably come back and say that's been the case for the remainder of the season um, but at least I think she's discovered you know Renee Savainea out at wing attack I think she made a joke that she was channeling her inner Georgie Salter in that moment um, who was her uh, auntie actually and a, and a legend of Otago netball who used to do crazy things like that she once put me in at centre at a club level game, which was a terrible <laughs> idea. But, um, you know, she's just kind of backed herself and tried some different things. Um, Avari Christie's been a great little impact player at wing attack and you're only developing her even more. Um, I guess Kate Burley has been outstanding all season um, and has probably led that whole never give up situation. Kate Heffernan, another one who I think, despite being on the losing side week in and week out, her numbers are always incredible. And you'd imagine in any other team, you know, she would be the one that we're all talking about because I think she's just been playing some great netball. And the emergence of Saviour Tui. I'd do whatever you can, Rianga, to keep that chick down south because, you know, you could base your team around her in a few years' time um, if George Fisher ever wants to head across back to England or, you know, whatever may happen, I'd be trying to get that girl's name on paper. Funnily enough, going to the rumour mill as well, Storm, uh, I have heard word that the Steel do have their eyes set on a new centre for next year. She's 30 years old and she's currently employed to Sky and SENZ. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break here on Centre Fast and Focus. Uh, hope you've been enjoying. I do still encourage you, even though we are at home, to text us on double eight double three. I do like coming in in the morning and, and having a good laugh and, and look through those. And I will try my best to get back to you uh, if you do leave a text on double eight double three. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to regroup. And uh, after that, I'm going to catch up with Gina Crampton. We'll catch you in a bit. Welcome into SENZ Centre Pass in Focus, myself Kieran Bingham. Uh, Pre-recording today, Storm Purvis will be at home in bed. I'm sure the kettle's going with a nice cuppa, uh, like I hope our next guest has as well. And we are talking stars thanks to Vertical Logistics, your freight and logistics specialist. And on the line with me right now, I have some mid-courting royalty, and I do not say that lightly at all. We have the stars and silver fern mid-quarter wing attack specialist, Gina Crampton. Gina, first of all, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I hope you're staying warm and dry. Whereabouts are you? 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, we've been sent home early from training, so just making sure everyone's getting home safe in this state of emergency. But um, feeling nice to be home and yeah, staying cosy. Like hopefully you can soon too. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, I bet uh, Kitty's the only one that's really uh, truly upset that training's been cancelled. But no, very uh, very <laughs> good to hear that you guys are home and dry now. Gina, just taking it back uh, this week, playing against the Tactics. It was the regular season decider, tied up at one apiece, uh, managing to get the win. How did you guys manage to turn that around from uh, the opening game? Yeah, oh, look, I think, um, you know, there was lots of talk that it was a must-win for both teams. You know, obviously we wanted to um, secure, well, we haven't yet, but try and secure ourselves um, sort of in, in that top three. And um, obviously Tactics needed the win to, to stay in contention. So it was a massive game and we were well aware of that. And I think, um, you know, we did some good prep in the weeks uh, leading into that game, which was really important for us. We're trying to really hone in on that composure that we've, sort of seen in patches ever since that each time um, win against the Mystics and I think um, getting into that sort of groove as early as possible um, in these next games is going to be really crucial for us if we want to you know put our best foot forward um, when it comes down to finals. You talk about that composure and sort of getting into the groove. Uh, what was the message at half time? Because, I mean, you guys came out firing in that third quarter, managing to win the quarter 18-13 and then just able to steer the win home. What went on at half time? Yeah, well, there's actually quite a lot that went on at halftime. Um, some really good discussions amongst the players. And I think, look, it wasn't as if it was a bad first half. I think um, we were sort of figuring things out as we were going. And sometimes you have to go through the grind and, you know, the hard work for it to actually open up. And I think that's what we saw in that tactics game. I'm really impressed, um, I guess, especially by our attacking. And, you know, we had quite a few losses in that first half. Luckily, our defenders were getting ball back to keep us in it. But um, we sort of starved them of, of ball in that second half. And that's what you've got to do against two Silverfin defenders, Jane and Karen. You know, they're, they're an amazing combination. And um, starving them of ball really sort of kept us in the game and then, um, I guess, able to push on, which was really nice to see. Yeah, let's just stick on that attacking end for a second there because you did mention you were going up against uh, Karen Berger and Jane Watson, a defensive duo you should definitely not take lightly. But if we just talk about your combination with uh, your midcourt partner, Mila Riolu Buchanan there, uh, 83 combined feeds from that game. How were you guys managing to let the ball go that easily uh, into armed shooters of Maya Wilson and, and Amorangi? Yeah, look, I've been really, really impressed with Mila this year and I always have been a big fan of her. I really enjoy um, playing with her and I think our combination just keeps growing, which is so awesome. But I think, look, she's really stepped up in the leadership space. Um, she's demanding the ball and, and she's obviously a really fine athlete. So I think um, it works well that, you know, if one of us is, is potentially shut off in a play that the other one um, can come through. And I think having a balance of, of feeds between us means that it's harder for um, the defensive unit we're playing against to sort of try and figure out who they should shut down. So I think that's definitely a strength of our um, attacking unit at the moment is that we're all quite balanced and we're all sort of doing our job, which is the main thing. And then on top of that, we've got both Maya and Amurangi who are um, shooting the lights out. Their availability is really good. And I think especially Amur, she's grown heaps this year and, and um you know, the more that you play, the the more game experience you get. And you, you can just see little bits of her that she's learning as she goes and, and becoming a really dominant goal attack. So I'm, I'm super thrilled that that's sort of happening 
at the right time of the season for us, hopefully continuing. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And and if we're just going off recent form, it looks like it definitely will. Um, let's just stay on Amarangi for a second. I mean, we've seen her uh, in the Stars environment in the Premiership for a few seasons now, but this has truly been uh, a breakout year for her. Are you putting that down to game experience and, and is that where her confidence is coming from? Yeah, absolutely. I think you can't deny how much getting out there and, and getting opportunities, um, what that does for your growth. Um, you know, you can't you can't do much when you're not getting that opportunity, I guess is the bottom line. But um, week in, week out, um, continuing to do the same things and being put under that pressure, um, you know, multiple times in a row just uh, allows you to, to grow and, and learn and then being able to put it out there again the next week. And I think we've always known that she um, can shoot it from anywhere and under all sorts of pressure. But um, her gameplay sort of in that attacking third and, and centre pass included has just um, grown immensely as well. So um, super proud and super happy for her as well because, you know, she she's always had the goods. But, um, yeah, getting these chances has just been great for her. I mean, it's been a fantastic run of form, like I mentioned before, Gina. Next week, uh, you're heading back to your old stomping ground in ILT Stadium, <laughs> uh, going down to play the Steel, who have had a very, very unlucky season with injuries and obviously uh, Shannon uh, with the gift of life as well on maternity mm. leave at the moment. Uh, I guess, Gina, where I'm sort of going with this question is, is it almost harder to play uh, this Steel team this week? Them not having uh, got their win, they came close last night against the Magic. I was on the edge of the seat. Do you find that there's <laughs> going to be a challenge uh, to almost make sure that uh, the Stars are not the team to break that streak? Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, really. Like, I guess that's sort of been um, in the back of our minds for a long time, and I'm sure every team is feeling like that. And look, the last time we played the Steel, I think we only beat them by two, and we were pretty lucky to mm. win it, actually. They sort of went up with um, by one, I think, with three minutes ago, and we somehow sort of pulled it out from somewhere. But I think the Steel um, have grown hugely over the course of the season. They should have beaten the Pulse and, you know, had a tight game with the Magic as well. So but that's two really good teams that they're, you know, footing it with. And I think having the mindset of, oh, we don't want to be the first team to lose, to them is dangerous. Um, we need to just make sure that we are thinking about ourselves um, continuing, you know, how we've been going and really trying to improve on that if we can and um, get closer and closer to the full 60-minute performance, I guess. And going down to Invercargill adds another challenge, um, best stadium in the world, well, not in the world, but in New Zealand, um, to play in and their crowd gets right behind them and they're going to be super hungry. So, yeah, we're going to add absolutely need to show up and um, I think focusing on ourselves is probably a good mindset rather than you know going and worrying that we might be the first thing to lose to them. <laughs> now you talk about being hungry there uh, we just take a look back to last year in the grand final against the Pulse uh, how hungry are you to get back to that grand final and has that sort of been a, 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 a team goal of the year I guess? Yeah it definitely has we we were pretty hurt um, from that final and it um, I know that the polls played well, but we absolutely just didn't. We didn't show up in that final. And to do that, um, you know, at, at the last hurdle was super disappointing. And it took us a while to get over it, if I'm honest. Um, it's definitely often talked about and, and not as if we're sort of dwelling on it. But I think it's a good reminder of we want to be back there and we want to um, sort of show what we can do at crunch time. And, um, yeah, it, it's looking like, it's heading towards, you know, it could be us against Pulse in the elimination final. And 
probably down in Wellington as well if we if we can't overtake them on the ladder. So it'll be set up as a, a bit of a doozy match. And um, look, I think we are all well aware that we need to go into that a lot better prepared than maybe we thought we were last year in that grand final. No, it's definitely uh, looking very exciting. I mean, we can look at we've looked at the table all round and, and haven't had a single clue who's going to be there. It's just been an absolute dogfight. Yeah. Uh, but Gina, if we just stay on the topic of last year, uh, you took a sabbatical, and now I know we're uh, we're eleven rounds in now to the ANZ Premiership. But just talk to me a little bit about uh, coming back into the netball environment. Was there any uh, struggle, or did you just find your feet right away? Because I'll tell you here, uh, just from the naked eye of watching, it didn't look like there was any struggle at all. <laughs> oh, thank you. But um, gosh, yeah, I sort of had four or five months off and um, I still was training in that time. It was a really good time for me to sort of um, have my body just have a bit of rest in terms of like I'm a tendon girl. I've got a bad right Achilles, a bad left knee and a bad left hip. And um, so I think that was really good, especially at my age, you know, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm not sort of new to the to the netball scene and I think that was good in that respect that my body could have some time to just um you know not be smashing it out on the court um every day for a couple months um but coming back now nah, it, it was pretty good I, like like I said I'd been training still so um I felt pretty good coming back in it was more sort of like nervous of am I still going to know what I'm doing mm-hmm. like this is weird kind of thing um, which seems ridiculous but um no nah, it, was, it was a pretty good transition back in and um, obviously staying with the same team of, of the stars um, made it pretty easy like love this team and um, everyone was just you know happy to get back into it so it's been good it's, I think it was a good choice to do that Everyone that we've uh, talked to from the Stars environment, including uh, my co-host, former star herself, uh, Storm Purvis, have just talked about how much they love the environment, how close you guys are as a group. For the listeners out there, can you just let us in and, uh, and let us know what it's like to be a part of that Stars whanau? Yeah, uh, oh gosh, I mean, I can't take it away. Like My time at the Steel was the same. Like I've got some of my best friends from you know, my time at the Steel, but I just think at the stars we're just all super close like we hang out outside of netball probably far too often it seems ridiculous you think you'd get sick of them but it's hard <laughs> to sort of um replicate the close bonds that you get with your teammates you spend so much time with them and then on top of that you are in pressure situ- situations with them um you're you know working towards a common goal you you want each other to improve you're each other's worst and best critics and all these things that just, yeah, this team environment is just so amazing. And look, I'm not saying that other teams um, aren't really close or anything as well, but I genuinely know that we um, enjoy spending time with each other. We're often, you know, at each other's houses. We do dinners. We have picnics. We, after most games, we're, you know, celebrating with each other. And I think um, it's such a cool thing to have and, um, you know, it's really hard to yeah have that outside of a team sport. So, so lucky um, my move here. I'm so stoked that I came here and, and met all these amazing girls and got to know them really well. No, oh, it truly sounds amazing. And even just being there at our Pullman Ar- Arena, being surrounded by uh, the, all the purple shirts and, and the loyal stars whānau <laughs> out there, you can really feel the energy. Uh, Gina, just quickly before we let you go, it is obviously a World Cup year. Uh, are you excited? And have you, oh, I think I can answer this myself, but have you put much <laughs> thought into the World Cup uh, throughout this ANZ Premiership campaign? Yeah, it's, it's hard to get away from it, to be honest. It comes up every single time on every game that the World Cup's 27th of July or whatever it is and that 
it's coming up and look I understand why everyone um, asks about it because of course a pinnacle year and um, you know the firms want to go back to back and, and things like that but uh, yes is the answer of course I think about it but um, also I I guess I've learnt in the past I, I missed out on the 2018 um, Commonwealth Games and um, playing a good season that following year for the Steel got me into that World Cup team and so I guess that's sort of the focus is making sure you're playing well for your franchise team, putting all your efforts into there um, is sort of giving you your best chance of, of making the team and obviously there's no trials as well so I guess that's what Knowles and the selectors are looking at is can you perform well in ANZ and can you perform well sort of game in, game out for the whole season because there's so many games in, in 10 days at World Cup that you need to be able to perform back to back and um, that's been pretty clear from Civil Ferns management what they're expecting, what they're looking for so yeah, <laughs> there's lots sort of a roundabout answer, but yes, it's on your mind. But you got to you got to do well for um, the franchise team if you want to try and get there. No, that was great. I'm I'm glad that you mentioned as well that there was no trials. That was a follow up that I had. Do you think that adds uh, an extra layer of pressure uh, onto your performance in the ANZ Premiership, knowing that uh, there's no chance for redemption in a scrimmage or or a gym session later down the line? Yeah, uh, I'm sort of in two minds about it. I I think it's I actually quite like it. I think, you know, we're playing all these games and you're seeing um, how people work sort of week in, week out and how they um, can gel in combinations and things like that. The only thing I would say that is helpful about having the trials is that you do, you play with other people that you wouldn't play with all year. And um, I guess selectors and and Knowles and Bibs would get to see that side of it. But at the end of the day, I think after a full season of ANZ, they they know who they want. (laughs) and what they want so um, pick the team and then also the team has more time together rather than than having um, three or four days of trials so yeah Pretty yeah. happy with that. <laughs> uh, we spoke to Knowles on the show uh, a few weeks ago and, and just talking selection, we gave her a headache. Checked in the other week. I don't think it's gone yet, uh, so sorry if you're still having to deal with that one. Hey, Jenna, I don't, I'm not sure how it works, but in the Silver Ferns environment, when you've travelled away as a group, uh, do you have roommates? And if so, who has been your favourite Silver Fern roommate? <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's so funny when you talk to people that... Um don't play sport like I've often my cousins have always said to me it's so weird that you room with other people like you have to share a room with someone for weeks on end and that's just normal for us you're always in pairs um it's quite good that that you know um you sort of can check in with each other make sure you're not late for a meeting or what time's training you know things like that you'd hate to be rooming by yourself and thinking that you're missing something um, but yeah, it, it's a strange one because also, you know, some people snore, some people are really light sleepers, you know, or some people are early risers, some people are late to go to sleep. So there's all that that I think they need to sort of take into consideration. I've had plenty and plenty of different roomies over the time, but um, a couple of favourites spring to mind. I, I had, uh, oh, I pretty much roomed with Shannon like I would say over a hundred times um, nice. over the years, and she's always good and easy to have you know we're quite similar um which is always helpful and then there's phoenix kataka as well we're both uh heavy breathers during our sleep so (laughs) um you know it makes it easier knowing that she doesn't care if i was snoring and i don't care if she was because the worst thing is like feeling anxious about going to sleep because you don't want to be like keeping someone up or something so 
yeah, those two probably come up first. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully uh, you get the draw and, and one of those two is your roommate so you can uh, get some proper rest during the World Cup. We all know how important that is. Gina Crampton from the Northern Stars and of the Silver Ferns, of course, ahead of the World Cup this year. Thank you so much for joining me here on Centre Pass and Focus. Uh, would have been a bit of trouble if your mate Stormy was here, but we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Stay warm, stay dry, and uh, stay out of this wet weather, yeah? Cool, amazing. Thank you. Welcome back into SENZ, Centre Pass in Focus. Myself, Kieran Bingham, alongside Storm Purvis. Great to catch up uh, with the Stars slash Silver Fern wing attack, Gina Crampton there. But now, Storm, it is time uh, to, to wrap and go through your team of the week, which is uh, one of the hardest uh, parts of the week, because obviously this campaign has been one of the tightest we've had. But I think we just ripped straight into it this week, Storm. So let's start off at goal shoot. Okay, just I like disclaimer. I like my team of the week this week. It's first different. one. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, my goal shoot is Saviour Tui. I just think two matches over the weekend. Uh, she really impressed me, and people are talking about her. So that's great. Go saves the steals, saviour, if you will. <laughs> Let's move on. Goal attack. <laughs> I went with Amorangi Malisala again. It was kind of process of elimination for me with goal attacks this week, but great high numbers supporting Maya Wilson really well and plays with such swagger that I love. And awesome to hear uh, uh, Gina Crampton how much she's been enjoying working with her. Uh, speaking of uh, wing attack, who you got there this week? Yeah, it could have been Gina, but I actually went with Peter Toyama just because of her huge numbers and the way she stepped up without her uh, partner in crime, Taylor Earl, in the midcourt there and had very few turnovers. So, yeah, I've gone with Pets this week. Perfect. Took complete control. Uh, talking about control, let's go to centre. Well, I don't know if this player plays with much control that often, but I tell you what, she plays with a lot of heart, a lot of flair, and um, is just doing a great job on both attack and defence this year. And on Sunday, it was no different. It's Mila Ruelu Buchanan. Oh, fantastic. I love to see it. I love to see it. Hey, let's move down into the defensive end, uh, the rounding out the mid-court, the wing defence bit. Yeah, I've actually gone with Simone Nathan this week. Uh, played her 100th match against the Tactics. And I now think she's got that wing bib on lock for the Stars. Obviously under hot competition with Holly Fowler there as well. But Simone's just doing a great job at shutting out her opponents. Um, she doesn't always get the flashy intercepts. But if you just watch and track her movement, she does such a good job of keeping the wing attack away from the circle edge. And it's been quite fun to watch. Brilliant. Slipping into uh, the defensive end now at goal defence this week. Oh, it's, it's Karen Berger, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was kind of expecting that. I had that half written out already. So you just saved yeah, me yeah, some yeah. time. Yeah, every week, uh, lots of turnover ball again in a game where, you know, her team kind of let her down a bit. So she's great. You want her in your team. Always a standout. And now uh, your specialist, Gold Keep, talk to us. Yeah, a tough one this week. Um, so I actually had to go back and look at the numbers. And I've gone with Ali Timu. Even though she finished the game at goal defence against the Tactics, um, I think she was just quite pivotal in breaking down that Tactics attacking end. Finished with eight games in the match. Those are Karen Berger numbers. Uh, so shout out to Ellie Timu for my goalkeeper this week. There we go. Jeepers creepers. And did you did you give your MVP already? Did I miss that? Oh, no, we didn't. But um, You kept him. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Saviour. Yes. Yes. Come on. <laughs> get in, Savy. There we go, Storm. How easy was that? Team of the week with no stress, we call that one. Hey, Storm, thank you very, very much for joining me today uh, on Centre Pass, as, as you do every week. My apologies. But but joining me from home, uh, I hope you stay warm. Hope you keep well. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you in person next week. Right back at you, kids. Sounds good.